When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies, we know what we want from our birth control. But what about what's in our birth control? That's why I chose the 100% hormone-free Paragard intrauterine copper contraceptive. It's the only birth control that uses just one simple active ingredient to prevent pregnancy over 99% of the time with no hormones and no daily routines. Paragard is a small IUD that prevents pregnancy for up to 10 years using copper. Ready to get what you want? Talk to your healthcare provider to see if Paragard could be right for you. Don't use if you have a pelvic infection, including PID, get infections easily, certain cancers, Wilson's disease, or a copper allergy. Pregnancy is rare but can be life-threatening and cause infertility or loss of pregnancy. Paragard may attach to or go through the uterus. Tell your healthcare provider if you miss a period, have abdominal pain, or it comes out. At first, periods may become heavier and longer with spotting in between. It won't protect against HIV or STDs. For product information or to learn more, visit Paragard.com. Hey, Ray. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Woke up a little bit sore after a big bike ride yesterday and did what I tend to do when I wake up really sore is grab a little CBD and I'm feeling better. That's good. You know, our joints don't take exercise and extreme activities very well the older we get. And a lot of people who are younger are experiencing the same thing. That's why we're pretty excited about our sponsor, 1CBD. And a lot of people seem interested in the fact that 1CBD is consciously created. They use 100% organic sources. They employ a holistic removal of all the THC. And they select the best strains. And the strain is very important when working with controlling pain. They are also halal and kosher compliant. They are non-GMO. They are made in the USA. And we've set it up so that you can save 20% off your first order when you use the code BALANCE. I I don't know. We're we're imbalanced, but we're using the code (laughs) BALANCE, so keep that in mind. You go to onecbd.com, that's O-N-E-C-B-D.com, and they're at OneCBDLife on Twitter if you want to follow them there. CBD in all forms, liquid, gel caps, and they give you the choice. All you have to do is hit their website, OneCBD.com. It's OneCBD. Manage your pain and achieve a renewed sense of balance. Hey, Ray. Yo, man, what's going on? Not much. Uh, we're here to record a new episode today, and yeah. I have an idea about where to go. So spill already. We often interject 
in between all these really cool episodes about specific moments in the rock and roll family tree, we share our personal favorites with people in different subjects in rock and roll. Sometimes they're tied in to subjects that we've talked about currently or in the past, and sometimes they're just kind of all over the place. And one of the uh, subjects that I think is I get super bongosophical about all of this is we've seen so many bands over the years with really excellent first albums that have not hit that sophomore slump that have uh, stayed strong through the second recording. Come and, back with a killer, right? Yes, come back with an ass kicker. And we've been fortunate to see that as many times as we've seen bands fall short. But there's so many great first two albums out there by so many bands. And if you really look at all of the bands who have put out solid first two records, picking five favorites out of that, is going to be a challenge, and it's going to make for interesting and fun discussion because there's so many ways we could go. It's an episode of Five Favorites called Five Favorite First Two Albums on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, brought to you by 1CBD. Check them out at 1CBD.com and Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapro, the cure for what ails you since 2014, and we thank them both for their support of us here on the podcast. So, first two albums. You know, we started talking about this dude, and I started thinking about bands. And then mm-hmm. I went, oh, what's that second album? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. But who's fucking killing it on the first two records is really what this is all about. Now, as always, we have to consult uh, with Vegas and then make our personal wagers about how many of these we will have in common, which happens a lot. It really does. And we've had a few where we've had three in common, and we've had the same one and two a couple of times as well. So You never know. And Vegas is telling us the over-under is 1.5. So they're looking for a definite winner or loser on this bet. And your bet, my dear Marcus? I'm going below the Vegas odds of 1.5. I'm picking the under, going with one due to the fact that there's so many great first two albums out there. I've been thinking about them. So I'm picking two. You're picking one. Vegas says the one and a half is the over under. And this time out, why don't I start with my number five of the five favorite first two albums. As the music scene in Seattle exploded onto the world there's a band that has probably ridden longer and harder than any of them my number five delivered an album called 10 and then followed it up with one called versus pearl jam killer one two all the songs great songs for me personally it was the wheelhouse of my life First album coming at 91 and followed up two years later in 93. My number five, Pearl Jam, 10 and Versus. Two great albums by a band that really shook the world when they started getting radio play and people started listening to their sound. I'll never forget to this day the first time I heard those notes to Alive and it moved me to the bone, that opening. Me too. To this day when I play it on the radio, I still get those same feelies that I got that day that I heard it the very first time. 
There's not a bad song on the album. And then they follow it up with another just wham dinger right there. And wham dinger, huh? Seriously, I don't know. I got to come up with new words to describe these really excellent albums. It's going to be insane afterwards. <laughs> I don't want to jump past Pearl Jam because I was in MMR doing the Rockers show when I got the first song, which was Alive. And I had the same effect that you did with it. You know, it was just like, wow, this is unbelievable. Then I got the whole album and time goes by and things are happening. A lot of stuff happened in there. We could talk about that sometime. And then they get to the versus record, the much anticipated follow-up. And they have a listening party at JC Dobbs, long may it rest at third and South upstairs bar. Everybody listening to the record and Chrissy Hine shows up. That was pretty fucking cool. That's really cool that she showed up. Was she an intimidating presence to you when you, uh, Saw her there because she made me uncomfortable no. the two times I met her. It was I wasn't intimidated moment. at all, Marcus. I just stayed I as so far nervous. away from her in the room as I could all night. I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, I was too. <sighs> hey, what's your number five? My number five is a band in the 70s. I've described them as a band many times whose logo I had drawn on those peachy folders. They totally shook my world up when I first heard their first album. And then a few months later, the second album came out. There are four radsters from California, two of which are brothers. Kiss helped them on their way. They have since had a couple of different lead singers. But those first two albums, mind-blowing. I'm talking about Van Halen, one and two. These albums set the stage for decades of rock and roll ahead a pointless fun and rock and roll they set the stage and the tone for all of it with those two records i mean seriously they open up with running with the devil and it just kicks your <laughs> ass from, from there. there eruption you really got me ain't talking about love i'm the one jamie's crying atomic punk feel your love tonight little dreamer ice cream man on fire and I think I've heard every one of those songs that when it came out on the rock radio station in Denver, KZY, that we used to listen to. I think they probably played every single song off of that album. And then what was it, about six months later, Van Halen 2 came out? It got, was about a year. It yeah. was about a year. And then, yeah, You're No Good, uh, Dance the oh. Night Away, Somebody Get Me a Doctor, Do Bottoms Up is on that one, DOA, Women in Love, Beautiful Girls, Spanish Fly, Light Up the Sky. I mean, just such a great, great follow-up and two Tour de Force records that really set the tone for feel-good rock and roll in the years ahead. We're doing five favorite first two albums. Marcus, your number four? My number four is... Another band who is from that that time period because 10 to about 14, my music taste was really developing. The first album was so different from the sound that we were hearing on the rock radio at that time, but it was so good. I'm talking about the Cars and their first two records, Cars and Candio, because of what oh, they did yeah. to me as a young feller in the uh, pre-pubescent and pubescent era and how that impacted uh, you know, you and your hormones are changing and there's this music and you're dancing to it and you're awkward and 
I mean, there are all these things happening, but I can still sing every single song on that record and both of those records. No doubt about it. I got into that first Cars record. I was a little older than you, obviously, and I got into it right away and couldn't wait for Candy O to show up. And just an amazing one-two punch. Your number four. My number four. Well, my number four? You want to know what my number four is? Yeah. Speaking of punch. Yeah, Ray, I would love you to punch me with the old number four. This is similar but different. Because you said the Cars made music unlike anything you'd heard before, right? It was so different than what you'd heard before. The same can be said for this group from California who came to the East Coast and conquered before taking over the world. The one and only Metallica. Kill them all and ride the lightning. 83, 84. They started something that continues to amaze and grow and change through the decades and now through the centuries. Uh, I'm talking about my number four, the first two records from Metallica. I did not hear those first two records until after I had listened to Injustice. I remember seeing the video to one in college and then getting the cassette and then exploring the back catalog of Metallica from there and just being blown away by what they did and how much they were thrashing at the time. Just unbelievable and like we both said with our last choices so different than what else was out there now i do my number three next is that right that is correct you do your number three then we have a beer well my number three is your number five that's right those garage rockers from pasadena california they had the fast talking fast paced lead singer who could patter like nobody else had done quite a long time and david lee roth and they totally enjoyed the coattails of kiss and getting that first big tour Warner Brothers wasn't going to let it not happen. They had the goods and they knew it. Two years in a row with Van Halen 1 and Van Halen 2. Look at all those songs that are still on the radio today, all these years later. My number three, Van Halen 1 and 2. I've already said everything I can say about uh, Van Halen 1 and 2, but again... One in common so far. One in common so far. Will we hit number two and beat Vegas? We will find out. Time for a beer here at the mid-break on the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. Back with more of our five favorite first two albums next. Hey, man, I've got great news for anybody who is a fan of Crooked Eye Brewery, our sponsors here on the podcast. They're reopened. What? That's right. They uh, opened last weekend with uh, just outside service, and they continue to fill growlers and crawlers in all your uh, 16-ounce cans needs. But they're serving in limited capacity outside. And as of Saturday the 13th, the music returns to Crooked Eye. That means there's going to be live music at Crooked Eye whilst you enjoy those Crooked Eye beers on the patio. The Crooked Eye band's going to kick it off, and they're going to be on stage on the 13th, and they'll be inside, and everybody who's listening will be outside keeping us COVID safe. Cool, right? Very cool. And you know what else I like about all of this, Ray? You can bring your own food and have sort of a live music, enjoy a beer picnic. Bring your Sammies, but also bring your masks and be patient. Practice social distancing. That's a request from everybody at Crooked Eye, including Marcus and I. Yes, indeed. And remember, if you're looking for a place to go, right in the heart of Hatboro, there is a place for you. 
Serving the cure for what ails you since 2014, we're talking about Crooked Eye Brewery and keep up with all the developments on their social media, mainly on Facebook. The best way to know what's going on today, tomorrow, and all this week at Crooked Eye Brewery. And there are adjusted hours, Marcus. They're closing at 8 Monday through Thursday, but open later now on the weekends as the music starts to return at Crooked Eye. Time for the second half of the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Five favorite first two albums on an episode of Five Favorites. Ray Coop with Marcus in the Darkest. Let's recap. Your number five was Van Halen. Uh, my number five was Pearl Jam with Ten and Versus. My number four was Talica with Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. And your number four was The Cars and those first two albums. Uh, the debut self-titled and Candio. And now we come to your number three. My number three. We are going to visit the city of New York. For some good pizza? We're definitely going to stop and get some good pizza okay, cool. before we as visit. As long as we can get good pizza. We got to visit this uh, the garage that these guys all played in. They shook the world with their debut album. It was a very bright colored album called Vivid. They chased it. Uh, they followed it up with their second record. And to me, those two records in when I was in college and just out of college right. were so important. And I'm talking about Living Color. We've yeah, talked about them many times. I know that you've got some ties with them because of your radio days and your music days early on in the late 80s and rockers, and you did. You were one of the first, if not the first, to play them. Just, no, but one of the first, definitely. Yeah, you were and definitely. And you know what I came across recently? My friend Mike Schnapp, who worked at Epic Records at the time and orchestrated a lot of my fun shenanigans back in those days, mm -hmm. he sent me a picture of him and I with Vernon, and we're all very young. We're about the same age, and then we're all very young in the picture, so I want to put that up. That's a great call for your number three, dude. Living Color, Vivid's Vivid, and then Time's Up. I mean, great stuff. Seriously, History Lesson, which their music, a lot of those songs are relevant today. Love Rears, it's yeah, they are. Ugly Head, Elvis is Dead, which Little Richard played on. I mean... Solace of You, which is just, I think, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song and really, really shows how good a songwriter Vernon Reed is. Um, those two albums still to this day are huge to me. And seeing them for the first time when they did the college campus tour in support of Vivid and Corey was wearing the body glove on stage just changed everything as far as what heavy rock was for me in some aspects because of what they were doing and the way they were moving on stage. It was special. Yep. It yes, really it was. was. And even today, they still play like nobody's business, and they're still one of those special bands. So, yes, number three, Living Color, Vivid, Time's Up. What is your number two? We're going way back in time. Uh-oh. Because... Is this the Imbalance Rock and Roll Time Machine? Yes, it is. We're actually going to go back into the late 50s, early 60s. He is part of The Day the Music Died. My dad introduced me to, and I always liked him because of his quirkiness. And then when I found out he was one of the first to really produce and do his own music, mm -hmm. I was totally hooked on who he was and what he stood for because he knew what he heard 
and he fought for what he believed in, and he won, and it ended up paying off dividends to the record label, but it also did wonders for the world of rock and roll, and I'm talking about Buddy Holly and the his first and two records. Yeah. I mean, his Buddy Holly record, and that'll be the day his first two records, minus the crickets, are on believable let's just look at some of the songs that are on those uh on those records i mean seriously he wrote great music i'm gonna love you too peggy sue mailman bring me no more blues words of love you're so square rave on And then on the next album, you have songs like uh, Blue Days, Black Nights, Modern Don Juan, Rock Around with Ollie V. You have uh, Ting a Ling. You have That'll Be the Day. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Yes, that'll be the day when you make me cry. You say you're going to leave. You know it's a lie cause that'll be the day. It's just great, great music and really a foundation for what we would hear later on. I just think it's really funny because one of your five favorites in this category are albums that were from before you were born and almost before I was born. Yeah. But I understand because Buddy Holly is one of the greats. Yeah. And those two albums are big in the history of rock and roll and the direction of which rock and roll took. So, being that I did my uh, number two, it means that you get to go to your number two, and then we get to hear your number one. These guys from San Diego, California, my number two, started out life as a band called Mighty Joe Young. And just before they got signed to Atlantic Records, or as they were getting signed, uh, the people who owned the rights to the movie didn't take kindly to it, so they had to come up with another name, and they decided to call themselves Stone Temple Pilots. Their first album, Core, and the follow-up, Purple, in 1992 and 94, delivered on the promise of a band that might be good enough to go the distance. The songs were great. The band had charisma. Wylan was a master on stage. Their live shows were legendary. And these two albums stand the test of time all these years later. Stone Temple Pilots, Core and Purple, my number two. Those are great choices because they are Tour de Force first two records as far as powerhouses go. Not only did they have the hit songs, but the deep cuts are equally as good as any of the uh, radio Better. Hits. Some of them are Some better of them than are the definitely. Meat Plow yeah. is still my favorite song from STP to this day, and that's a brilliant one off the Purple record. Wicked Garden. Yeah, Wicked Garden. I mean, seriously, plush. Didn't it hit you the first time you heard it the same way Alive did? Just kind of wham. I didn't get that song as my first blast i got the full cassette and i put on dead and bloated and i went fuck me sideways i 
I am not kidding. That's what happened with me. I had the demo tape, and I put it in my cassette player at the Friday morning quarterback, and that was it for me. I was like, this is going to be huge. And then I talked to John Nardishone. He filled me in. I talked to Peg on the West Coast, and we got squared away on all that stuff. But continuing here in the 21st century, and I think with a, a new singer that really gets it done. So that's my number two, Stone Temple Pilots, Core and Purple. What a great choice. That means... You get to give your number one. My number one, five favorite first two albums situation is undisputable. There can be no question. I will accept nothing but uh uh-huh for Led Zeppelin 1 and 2. Delivered mere months apart in 1969, January 12th and October 22nd. They delivered a one-two punch that befuddled people like Rolling Stone, delighted the fans and set off something that we're still trying to figure out here in the 21st century. You can't beat Zeppelin. <laughs> I have on, I have no words. It's probably the best one-two punch out there of all time. Sorry. And that leads us around to your number one. So what you got, Marcus? My number one favorite is going back to one of my favorite all albums of all times. Zeppelin did not make my top five as far as one-two, even though I think it's probably the best one-two punch out there. So it all comes down to this. What is your number one, Marcus? I want to go to Ireland for this one, and the reason is is because the first time I heard their debut album, it had a really big impact on me. They're by far not one of my favorite bands. I have a love-hate relationship with this band, but their really? first two albums are by far my favorite. I'm talking about Boy and October U2. Boy, the innocence, the youthfulness, the naivete, all completely relevant to me growing up even though their situations in life were completely 100% different different um, there was a relatability and then they went a little broodier and darker with October which I found interesting the piano song of October the title track is just beautiful and they did the <laughs> no, MTV dude, concert you know, you know and they started something that continues today which is also pretty large yeah. and in charge when it comes to you know they're still a valid band that puts out records even now even though the gaps get yes. a little longer they still haven't reached tool proportions as far as the gaps but uh, a great band and I love those first two records but what kept it out of the running for me was uh, the second record compared to the second records of the five that I picked for for my oh, five favorite. Totally makes sense, and I totally understand that. But yeah, where I was as far as that goes is uh, why that one still those two albums still resonate with me, and I still have my original copies of vinyl, which I don't even yeah, me think too. I think they're flat as fuck. I think I wore the fuck out of those grooves. So. How's your honorable uh, mention list? Uh, because I was going to ask you about that. I have a couple on here that I feel guilty about putting in honorable mentions only. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeppelin's one of them. Zeppelin is one you? of them. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. definitely is. Uh, the Doors' first two records are in my honorable mention. Yeah, me too. And you know what? The thing is, the Doors and Zeppelin are in the same special category for me those records came out in the same calendar year first one and second with the doors uh, self-titled in strange days and zeppelin one and two and the other one that's also an honorable mention for me that's in that category is springsteen with the uh, greetings from asbury park and the wild the innocent the east street shuffle both coming out uh, january and november 
1973. What else you got on honorable mentions? Uh, my honorable mentions, I have like the Black Crow's first two records. I think they're brilliant. Ooh, good one. I really do. The Pretender's first two records had a huge impact yeah. on me growing up, and I've played the shit out of them. Metallica, like we mentioned. I think Mastodon's first two records are very fantastic and have paved a nice way. I think if you look at some of the bands also from the 90s and beyond, I think Our Lady Peace had two brilliant first albums. And then yeah, I think I they them. changed direction. I think Oasis's first two records are absolutely fantastic. Mm. I think Clutch and Seven Dust, who don't get a lot of credit, yeah. put two really great first two records out. And so they were at bands that I had thought about. Um, the White Stripes, the Black Keys are some bands that we should check out. Oh, and GNR's Appetite and Use Your Illusion are also on the honorable mention. Ah, uh, but there was a record records. in between, so there was a record in oh, between. Oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that so. one. Uh, how about Pretty Hate Machine and the Downward Spiral from uh, Nine Inch Nails in 89 and 94? Five years between the records. Brilliant records. Rage Against the Machine, the self-titled first one, An Evil Empire. Uh, Allison Chain's facelift in dirt. Yes. And the one that jumped into my head as we were starting all this, first two records, not counting Opiate, that's the EP, but the first two albums from Tool. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's some seriously, and, and you know what? We could even add more bands to the list, and yeah. we would love to know what yours are, so definitely give us a, an email, inboundshistory at gmail.com, or shoot us a note on Facebook when we post it after you listen to it, or when we tweet it out. Tell us what your five favorites are. Please share with us. Love to discuss them with you. Well, I wanted to get updated on a couple of things here, Marcus, uh, before we wrap things up on this episode of Five Favorites. Uh, we did rerun our um, Magic of Motown episode on Memorial Day, and uh, we wanted to remind people that we previously had updated the fact that uh, Kim Weston was from Detroit and the great Tammy Terrell was from Philadelphia, which yes. is one of those little things, but it seems to bother you that you didn't get that right. It totally and does. It we totally know, me that. we know, but, and you know, but the, um, that episode was so wonderful and I was glad we got to share it with people who might've missed it before. And those mm -hmm. of you who listened to it again, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you for listening. Dude, have you seen these reviews that we've been getting on Apple, uh, on Apple Podcasts? I was kind of blown away by a couple of them. And thank you for the stars, those of you who listen on Apple. It's a yeah, lot of you. Thank you so much. Do you have these in front of you? I yeah. do have them in front of me. Okay, good. Uh, I'm going to start with the first one, and then you could, we'll trade off, okay? All right. This one's about ZZ Top. And in the episode, we were talking about the town and the dance hall where they were performing in the documentary. This was the uh, note we got on Apple. It's pronounced Green Hall. The town of Green, Texas, and Green Hall is pronounced green. Everything else is pretty good. And that's from Heath, the awesome one. So, Heath, thank you for the correction because we ain't from around there. And we're glad you get us uh, squared away on that. We also got one from a cat named Frog Calderon via Apple Podcasts. Not even seven. Yo, Frog. Yo, Froggy Ribbit. Ribbit. Not even seven minutes into my first episode, I'm hooked. Heck yeah, awesome content, great delivery, high fives. So Sweet. thank you very much. We appreciate it. Also, oh, the next one is open-minded. I love their open-minded approach. They are humble and ignore any critics who say they're light on research. That's just someone who wishes they had the cool idea to do this <laughs> podcast. Rock on Philadelphia. And uh, that guy's name was Sad Eights. Sad so, Eights. Thanks. So thanks, Sat Eights. We appreciate the love. And I guess Sat was referring to uh, this review we got 
on uh, Apple Podcasts and said, I enjoyed the first two or three podcasts from these guys about bands I didn't know much about. Thanks. Uh, then I listened to their Alice Cooper episode. They got so much wrong and skimmed over some of the best parts. Uh, they showed up at 7 a.m. to audition for Frank Zappa, but they forgot to mention that because it was scheduled for 7 p.m. I think even he got a little confused there, but we think uh, we missed the point. Yeah, there are some things that we do not get all the fine point details into an episode because one of the things, I'm not that we need to explain ourselves, but we try not to make the episodes go on for too long because we know people's time is valuable. So um, said, guys, you missed the funny part. So sorry about that. Uh, and the band didn't split because of solo records. The band quit be him because he got all the attention. He changed his name legally to Alice Cooper to prevent them from using the name, which they all had legal rights to go. Uh, they all had legal rights to. I could go on. Well, thank you, Scott, for going on and uh, setting the record straight on a couple of things that we left out. But, you know, not every episode can be all-encompassing. And I don't think we've ever claimed that. Uh, we are in balanced history of rock and roll, after all. That's the name of the podcast, so... Uh, but thanks for your feedback anyway. And thanks for those of you who understand it and get what we were talking about and what we do. And, and for anywhere that you're listening, any app, uh, all the people that listen on Spotify or Player FM or Podbean or uh, CastBox, thank you so much for uh, finding us and listening to our wacky little podcast. And you can reach us a couple different ways. I think the best way, just email us. It's imbalancedhistory at gmail.com or find us on social media. Twitter, we're imbalancedhisto at uh, Twitter and also on Facebook and balance history of rock and roll, right? Good. Get, get in touch. Uh, and we're always looking for feedback on these things. So thank you all. Uh, also before, uh, we wrap things up here, I've got some new Facebook listeners. We've had a ton of people flooding in, uh, from Facebook, uh, Sean, David young, my buddy, mud, Mike gross, uh, Steve Hess, Lucy Johnson, uh, Jim Carr, uh, Ashok Sadana. He posts a lot on our Facebook, Sue mansion, uh, Calviani, uh, John Sleezer, Aaron Price, David Gautier. Oh, wait a minute. That's a picture of Alice Cooper. What's this? Oh, here it is. <laughs> Chartre Cook. Thanks, Chartre. Karen Jarvie, uh, Mary Jo Giro, who's a Philly person. Steve Rossi, Joe Robleski. Hey, isn't he a friend of yours, Joe Robleski? I think so. Tim Masterson, Monica Lisa, Brian Gouge, who I know from uh, the Philly area, Mary Strong, who I went to high school with, and the Keither, Keith Allen all uh, following us now. We're getting a lot more people following us on Facebook, and that's cool. We like doing that. It is a good way to stay in touch and keep up with the latest information or stories that we get and want to put out there to you guys. You can also do that on Twitter. So, A lot of fun doing five favorite first two albums, Marcus. Nice stuff. Yeah, some good stuff and gives and guess us a what? lot of records to listen to. And guess what? What? Guess what? what? We only had one in common. You know what that means? That means winner, winner, chicken, fucking dinner, you. Yeah. That's for you. Yeah, you win. You're the winner there. We won, mm -hmm. man. Got lucky nice this call. week. Thank you. Thank you. Part, part of the fun doing five favorites. It's almost like a podcast game show. <laughs> I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus in the Darkest. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running. No matter the weather or supply chain hiccup, but we get you Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 